welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Bob. Deacon Bob. Yes, I'm a deacon. It's exciting. Seeing humor and hope in Tampa Bay. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if we'll talk about anything yeah. else today. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady II has reconsidered his retirement. The shortest, the shortest after retirement only, in the history After only of two months with his kids, realized what we all realized during <laughs> COVID, I need a job. I need to be able to get out of this house sometimes. And... Uh, He's coming back to Tampa Bay. I was, uh, I know, I know, Dave, you wanted to break the news to me. I was hosting a fundraiser for the Friendship House. It was a St. Patrick's Day what is, fest. Yeah, what is the Friendship? The Friendship is House the Friendship is a House? wonderful ministry. It is, uh, serves the homeless in downtown Steubenville. And okay, cool. uh, so they decided to do a early St. Patrick's Day fundraising fest in an Italian restaurant only in Steubenville. Can you do stuff like that? And I was, nice. I was on stage, I'm sure talking about something profound about helping homeless people, when, when Franco yeah. Carpolati like runs up holding his cell phone and the, the, the picture of Brady just saying, he's back. And I don't even remember, I think I just started squealing like a little girl. I was so excited. Everyone's just staring at me. I'm like, hey, uh, that's right. But uh, uh, we got to help people in downtown Steubenville. It, was, yeah. it wasn't my no, finest Frank, moment, Franco but it was said- a good one. Franco said that he was with you and that he wanted to break the story to you. And he said, well, technically to me, Father Dave, you broke the story because you texted me. And I'd actually texted you as well. But apparently you don't look at your text messages when you're in the middle of doing something. I know. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and had I known it was that important, I, you know, from now on, I will always keep my phone on me, whether it's at, you know, fundraising events, liturgy, whatever, just so you can reach me. The, the, There's probably a way that I can set is, my phone that anytime you text me, it automatically goes through. That would be a really good thing. Yeah. The whole thing's ridiculous. <laughs> it is I kind mean, of it's ridiculous. Just, it's just it's just ridiculous. But it's kind of it's fun. Like, is it? Well, this is what it I think is like going to happen. Six-week... So uh, I think this is going to make everybody hate Tom Brady, which is fine because he's my quarterback. What do you and mean? I'm what are you going to make? What do you mean? Mean them? Make them hate him? Well, Everyone, I think no one likes him anyway. Yeah, is that true? Huh. That's an interesting no, perspective. No, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> I it's think. Not. Um, I wonder if because Roethlisberger retired and he's just so competitive, he's like, well, I got to retire too. And now he's like, oh, I don't need to retire. Well, let's see how many times he retires over the That's next not, few years. Here's, here's why it is. Here's, here's why it is. He wants a swan song. He wants to be able to go in every yeah. stadium, have a little thing for him. And yeah. And he deserves it. Oh, he please. Deserves it. What has he done? <laughs> all right. That's kind of a joke. <laughs> Well, at least all the New England fans are excited that maybe in his next retirement announcement, he might acknowledge their he'll, existence. He'll mention, he'll yeah, mention. You know, maybe there's, there's some group in the Northeast, I don't know who they are, but they liked me, and I think I was with them at one point. I don't know. It's exciting, know. though. It's For me, I, you know, I don't have aspirations of Super Bowl. I'm just glad we're relevant again. I mean, I, I was really thinking to myself, well, here go the Buccaneers back into obscurity, and now it's like, wait, what? Oh, we'll still be covered on ESPN? One more this year. is exciting. Yeah, one more, one more year. year, baby. I'll yeah. take everything I can get. And uh, the signs of hope. It's the little signs of hope in life that uh, yeah, here's make what things it worthwhile. Is too, because you were thinking, oh, oh, good, good. We've got something to talk about. <laughs> so in our <laughs> podcast this week. Yes. Well, you no, have a sign of hope. there has been a lot going on. In the yeah, sports yeah, world? Russell Wilson. Yeah, no. Russell Wilson was a 
Oh, the basketball or baseball? Well, you know, pick anything, but why don't we stick well, with football? Because you're right, Russell. I was hoping Russell Wilson would come to Tampa. When he went to the Broncos, no. I thought, crud, there's really nobody left. So this makes it even better. But you're, that's right. No, Russell Wilson, you're a Broncos that's fan. a good get. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good get. That's a good get for the Broncos. 32 years old. I mean, yeah, I, you know, everybody says, you know, we're one quarterback away. Who knows if that's actually true? But, you know, when the, they were looking at the people out there, honestly, I think, would I rather him or Aaron? Rodgers. Well, at one know, point, the him. Broncos were saying that they would give anything for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they were making a really yeah, well, big push for that. And then, like, the second Aaron Rodgers re-upped with Green Bay, they're like, eh, we'll go with Russell Wilson. Now, by the way, I would rather take Russell Wilson over Rodgers just just for the lack of drama. I mean, and Russell yeah, Wilson seems to be, like, a genuinely good human being. Not that no, no, not, totally I'm not slamming Rodgers. I'm just saying, like... Russell Wilson is like really, he's always up for, he won the Walter Payton Man of the Year. He's always up for that yeah. award. I know a lot of folks Actually, in the Seattle a, area. He's very active in the community. Quite a bit of media when he and his uh, now wife were dating that they were talking about that they were going to be chased before their marriage. And mm. um, I mean, there's actually, if you Google, there's some beautiful pictures of him and his wife at, at church and worship. So yeah. I think, I th you know, again, it's it's a tough world. I mean, to actually to live a moral life and virtue in that world, you know, Hollywood and it's just, it's, yeah, it's just, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. But yeah, I'm happy with that. Yes, I'm happy that the baseball lockout is over. So we're going to have baseball. It's going to start a little bit later. Um, oh, so it is being which delayed. Is okay. One week, I think, 10 days, something like did that. Did they get the shadow the, win? No, they did not. They did not. But they did get universal DH. So um, no more pitchers batting ever again. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, for the listeners that don't follow baseball, what is dh but designated hitter right it is it is it is so you have a designated hitter so the pitchers aren't going to pitch aren't going to hit anymore but it's good but we haven't determined where i am and, and there may be oh that's right yeah your locale here. is yeah. a mystery so i texted you last a few days ago thinking and i said are you in austria are you out of town and you said no i'm not in austria but you no, you not. are out of town i am and maybe you can give me some I'm very gonna be out of, i'm going to be out of town the next three Mondays, oh. or the next three recording days. Okay, yeah. I'll miss you. I'll be back, but, but yeah, yeah, uh-huh. So some hints. Well, well, the, the transition there ought to give you somewhat of a hint. Okay, uh, the transition was baseball. Yeah. And you're in a place, probably in Florida, where they do spring training? Yeah, very good. Nice, very good, Robert. nice, nice. Yeah. Okay, but where yeah. in Florida? That's the question. Um, um, Florida technically is three states. Is it? It is. The north is really the south. The yeah, central true. is really the north, and the south is really Cuba. I was, no, I was going to say the south is really New York. Yeah, that you're not wrong. Yeah. I hear Miami is the closest city to the United States. It is. Mm. It is. I am, yeah, I'm, I'm on the west coast uh, doing some, yeah, I've just got some meetings over the next couple of days. But spring training technically starts today, so I may mm. try to just get out for... I'm not that far from where the Red Sox uh, have spring training, so I may get over just... There's not actually any games yet. They don't start till Thursday. Okay. But if I can... They're, they're going all day because they're trying to catch up. So apparently starting around 7 in the morning till 7 at night, you can just drop by and see something. So I may I may try to get over what, there. Um, but it's been interesting. When does it I'm start? I'm on the road. Um, Baseball. I mean. The season actually... I think the season starts... Maybe 
April 10th okay. or 7th or something like that. Yeah, okay. so it's about a week, week to 10 days delayed. But I'm on the road just a lot this month. Um, it was kind of crazy because I was uh, in the airport. Well, first off, uh, Friday night I was in just outside of Baltimore. And it was really funny because I was literally there almost two years ago to the day. And it was the last public event in Maryland. Mm. I mean, not that everyone was saying, you know, the student villa, but that that night, everything closed down with COVID. And it was just really strange being back there in, in what's, you know, what, what was originally 15 days, you know, two years <laughs> two later. Week, two weeks and, to flatten the curve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was a long two weeks. That was just... That was just kind of, it was kind of surreal being there. Then I had some meetings up in Philadelphia and then in Washington. But um, I think everybody the, will uh, remember where they were. Yeah, you yeah. You know, like when, well, it was, when, it, when the world just shut down. And it, it was strange because this was a public event and, you know, they were saying how many people can be there and, and we're trying to do this count about how many people we're going to have. And I was saying, really, I mean, if we're like 10 people over, is there some <laughs> right. force that's going to come in and get us? So, yeah. yeah, but just, it was just kind of crazy. And then I was in the airport to fly down here and obviously going down to Florida. So it was cold too. So we got, I don't know what you got in Stumbo. You guys got some snow, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, we got some beautiful snow, actually. I mean, winter yeah. came in with a fury. I mean, just a few days ago, it was 60 degrees. And then you woke up the next day and it was you know, 30 degrees and a couple inches of snow everywhere. So I think we're supposed to go back to warmer weather this week, but. Okay, so I'm, I came down to Florida. So the airport was full of spring breakers. Yeah. I mean, kids, college kids, it was just, it was, it was funny to look at the gate because you'd see a gate, you'd see a bunch of people and they said, where's it going? You know, not Philadelphia, okay. <laughs> but so, I mean, seriously, some of the kids were in shorts and tank tops and it was, 20 <laughs> degrees outside. Yeah. I mean, oh my They're gosh, more resilient. I'll be traveling this weekend. I'm going to uh, Arizona, actually. And oh, good. Uh, I'm, speak I'm going to see my good friend Eric Westby, who's our uh, faculty member here at Franciscan. And I'm speaking at a conference that he's organizing. But I forgot it was spring break. I, I waited a little bit too late to get the plane tickets. And well, I just felt very badly crazy? for the people that were paying for yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, no. it's totally nuts. Yeah, it was the, the guy I was sitting next to on the flight. He couldn't get a, a hotel room. They said travel this, which is good. I mean, it's good to get back to somewhat of a normalcy, but they said the hotels are just crazy. He couldn't get a hotel. I mean, simple, simplest place for under 250 bucks a night. Yeah, yikes. So it just, are, they yeah, still wearing, yeah. so, are they still wearing masks in the airport? On planes? Yeah. In, well, it's interesting. Um, on the planes, they are. Okay. In the airports, I would say... I mean, uh, six weeks. I mean, six months ago, you never saw anyone without a mask. Right. I would say, ten percent of the people now are not wearing masks in the airport. If it may be a bit more than that, okay. they're just like, we're done with it. Well, there was I didn't know. I thought I thought it was. I thought we were done with it, but no. No, no. There's speculation that it's going to change. Maybe the 18th or something like that. Okay. I don't know. Um, so, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But. Um, our students are on mission. Are, are, do you have a... I do. A promo about that? Oh, I do. Well, uh, let's just say that. Okay, we'll just do that. Maybe we'll just flop the way we were going to do yeah, it. Yeah. But yeah, that, that was one of the things with the weather. I mean, God bless our students. They're, they're going to be doing ministry. I, I don't know how many students are out. Well, uh, over 200... Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Let's be, no, let's be formal here. Go. Let's do this the right way. Yep. Yep.
It's spring break at Franciscan University, and over 250 of our students have fanned out across the Western Hemisphere to go on mission, as we call it, to follow Jesus' call to St. Francis to rebuild my church. There are 11 mission trips underway, including missions to Belize, Honduras, and the Dominican Republic. Our students give chastity talks in schools, serve the needy at homeless shelters and inner city parishes, and bring Christ to the poor through prayer, music, and fellowship. So please say a prayer for our missionaries as they spend their break being Christ's hands, feet, and heart to a very hurting world. And you can read more about student evangelization teams, including our upcoming summer missionary trips at outreach.franciscan.edu. That's outreach.franciscan.edu. And it is awesome. I mean, it really is so it incredible. Is cool. Yeah. You know, just as you were telling that, I remember again two years ago when the students said the longest spring break ever because they were away on spring break when everything Oh my gosh, down. yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, a lot of them so were on we mission were trying, trips. So they were trying to figure out, yeah. how do I get from Honduras, not back to Steubenville, but to my home in Arizona and get my stuff? Yeah, that was a... No, it that was, was a crazy it was crazy because we said, you know, uh, by the way, well, actually, again, it was just so crazy. We said, everybody just stay home another week and then we will <laughs> work out getting everyone <laughs> We just got to flatten the then, curve and it'll all work out just fine. Yeah, kids. but, it, it, I, uh, you know, I'll never forget there was a, a student, uh, you know, I came up and this was after we said, you know, everybody, you're going to have to go home. And she had her car all packed and, and I was just walking by and she, she stopped real quick and she said, Father Dave, I'm just so happy I, I was able to see you before I leave. And I said, oh, and she was a senior Ugh. and she started, she kind of started crying and, and I actually, I got emotional too. And I said, I'm just so sorry it had to end like this. And she goes, what do you mean? And I was, I'll probably get emotional actually. She, she said, I just came back from the mission trip and it was like the perfect ending to my four years at Franciscan. And she just talked about how the Lord worked in her life and used her and and just reaching out to the people. I think she was in, do we, maybe, do we go to El Salvador? Maybe, I'm not, I don't remember. Yeah, honestly, I but, mean, we've done a lot of, uh, they've gone yeah, everywhere. Yeah. I mean, really, they've gone everywhere. Yeah, so it was just beautiful, really, really beautiful. But the, the point that I originally started was that because of the snow, we had kids stuck in airports all over the place. Yeah. You know, I was getting... DMs and text messages from students saying, you know, Father Dave, pray that we don't get... I mean, one of them, they went to Pittsburgh, to Miami, to Charlotte, to Belize, <laughs> which is not the best, not the best route no, to Belize. But, but you're racking up those frequent they, flyer miles. Th that's right. That's right. They got there. So, yeah, yeah, it was just... That sounds like the kind of trip yeah. you take in December when you're just at the threshold and you really want to get platinum. Yeah, 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 you do just one more trip. Yeah. Um, and also, so just we continue, as Bob and I were praying and talking a little bit about about how what we're going to chat about today, you know, there's, it's almost you can't not do something without talking about Ukraine. It's just yeah. such an awful, awful situation. I I saw in the news yesterday, they, they bombed a, a maternity ward in the hospital with moms and babies. <sighs> it's just, it just it, but... One of the things that is, is I think most people know that we've got a campus in Austria and we've been collaborating with some agencies out of Vienna and Poland to be able to take supplies there. Mm. So um, 
our students, we, we've been pretty careful about some of the places the students can travel. I think I don't think we're being imprudent, but you know, we just say, okay, guys, we need to be careful and cautious. But so we've been taking like part of these convoys, just taking. I mean, strollers, baby strollers. The moms are leaving us. I don't know if you've seen that image of of the Poland train station that has, you know, a couple of dozen baby carriages because the moms in Ukraine are getting on the plane, on the train right. with their babies without a carriage. And they show up in Poland and these moms, it's really beautiful. These moms have just been taking baby carriages there. And there's, a, it looks like a parking lot of baby carriages. Mm. And so the moms, when they come from Ukraine, they've got a baby carriage. So yeah, we've been taking food and supplies and that and, and taking a look at what we can do to help refugees. So it's just, nah, it's just, it just continues to be more and more of a mess there. Yeah, and you know, it's it's the season of Lent. I mean, I, I, I can't help but think that there's just a beauty in the fact that the church is in a time of fasting and penance mm-hmm. and sacrifice. And I mean, what more... What more of a perfect time to be lifting up prayers as a church? I know Pope Francis has been so vocal mm-hmm. and so strong about that. I was thinking about it, you know, this last Friday, I I got to lead Stations of the Cross at my parish. And um, you know, there's some very beautiful reflections about encountering Christ and those who are suffering, encountering Christ and those mm-hmm. who are victimized, encountering Christ and those who face injustice. And I just kept thinking, boy, that is everybody in the Ukraine. I mean, I, yeah, I can't yeah. imagine... You know, I mean, I, I think I was I've been so grateful reflecting on the, the peace that we have in the United States. I I don't even think for a second that at some point no, I'm going to need no. to send my family on a train and go somewhere that I'm going to lose my job, lose my house. Someone's going to put a weapon in my hand. No, I mean, and really I'm going to have to fight for imagine? my family and fight for my country like that's Yeah. Can insane. you imagine hugging, hugging your wife and your kids, sending them away? And I mean, it's just I. Yeah. I just can't imagine. Yeah. I really can't. So we continue to pray for all the the souls in the Ukraine. We pray for justice. I know that's part of what we're going to yeah. be talking yeah. about today. That's really the feeling right. of it's it. You know, it's just so unjust. Yeah, you, mentioned, you mentioned the Stations of the Cross, and there is just a, a connection there and just trying to unite what our experience is, obviously, with Jesus is, and but then with the people. It, it's interesting. I, it, this this may People may be surprised, but... Given that I'm a religious and there's many friars, uh, we, we take turns leading the Stations of the Cross. So it could be a season that I don't, I don't lead them, I mean, mm. for one reason or another. But the last two weeks, two weeks ago, I was in Colorado for the first Friday of Lent. And then this week, I was in Baltimore. And both events, we did Stations of the Cross and then Holy Hour, and I gave a talk. And uh, it, it was really beautiful, you know, just to be able to... It, both, both churches were packed, which was lovely. I mean, just lovely to be with the the communities and them getting back to normalcy. But uh, on Friday, this one, we did uh, the Holy Father John Paul stations. And I don't know if you're familiar with them, but he does it. They're not the traditional stations. And some people don't care for that. They like the traditional stations. Jesus fought three times, Veronica wife, but they're all from scripture. So he takes 14 uh, accounts from the passion and scripture and then gives a brief reflection on them. Which I actually, I appreciate. I, I like the traditional stations well, but I really appreciated this. But there's just, that's one of the things I love about the church is she walks us through this journey. I love the liturgical calendar. You know, I think some of the churches that don't have a liturgical calendar, you're really missing out because the, the calendar walks us through the human condition and walks us through life. And, and, and every major part of it invites us to reflection on 
you know, right now, obviously, penance, suffering, difficulty, cross. Uh, but then, you know, we're going to have a season of joy and resurrection. Right. And those go together. It's just a great blessing to be where the church is right now. It's something that, you know, you're in Florida right now. When you live in Florida for a bit, um, A, everyone usually says it's beautiful, it's wonderful. But those that moved there from up north would often then say, but I miss the seasons, you know, yeah, and yeah. there is something to that. You know, I, I, I lived in Florida for a number of years and I like to visit, but I really found myself missing seasons, looking out the window yeah. and seeing something different. And I think there's a spirituality to that as well. You know, like that's, I think, part no, of the beauty absolutely. of the church is that it, it lets us walk into the church. And even if the colors are just a bit different or the altar looks a bit more bare or it's filled with flowers, you know, whatever, whatever that mm -hmm. case is, I think, I think there's a human need to have changes of seasons and to mm -hmm. know that God is actually walking with us in those changes of seasons. Absolutely. Um, really yeah, is profound. And, 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 and I remind people of that. Honestly, um, the, the people who are going through their spring, uh, you don't necessarily have to remind them. It's like, just so you know, it's not always going to be this beautiful <laughs> and wonderful, right? Yeah. Um, but it, it's, usually, it's usually the winter. But there is something about seasons. Like as, as I get older and have been walking with the Lord, that there are seasons in our life and, and some are difficult. I mean, this has been in my life, in my family's life, this has been a really hard season. And the season's been 18 months, you know. But, but I also know that it's just that. It's a season and, and there is a springtime and we can count on that. And while I love, honestly, I love coming down to Florida in the spring. I mean, in the winter, there's something beautiful about it. Um, but, but that's one of the things that's great. If you lived here all the time and you, it just becomes kind of normal. Yeah. So it's, it's been a great, it's a great blessing to be here. Can we real quick, and I know that we had not planned on this. Um, when people listen to this, the next day is St. Patrick's Day. Ooh. So we must say, we must say something. Isn't that funny how we just kind of <laughs> bypass that? Yeah. So your plans for St. Patrick's Day, Robert? Uh, I'm going to be flying to Arizona and oh, I will probably, uh, uh, go to an Italian restaurant and grab a beer because the Irish pubs are going to be so stupid crazy that yeah. I'm just going to avoid crowds and have a nice night with my friend. <laughs> it's funny yeah. because there's an Irish pub in, uh, in Phoenix, Rosie O'Grady's, which we always go to whenever I travel there. But this time we're like, except maybe on St. Patrick's day, like maybe yeah, we'll, yeah, maybe we'll go there on Sunday, you know, and, uh, when, yeah, when the to, crowds yeah. have died down a little bit. Go to Puerto Vallarta Mexican restaurant and, and have yourself a beer with a lime. Yeah, exactly. Like but my, uh, it's a big feast for my family. Uh, I am, uh, for those listening, if you if I haven't told you yet, I'm 100% Irish. Uh, even for those who aren't listening. Even for those who aren't listening, I'm still, I'm still that way. Yeah. So my, my wife makes corned beef and cabbage, uh, apparently. Which you don't eat. No, I wouldn't eat that stuff. That's nonsense <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but the kids love it. It's like a huge meal. Oh, the so the kids just get it's so, so Maybe psyched I'll go over about it. I'll go over to your house yeah. and eat there. Which, by the way, is a very uh, Irish-American meal. Uh, a lot yeah. of, you know, I guess it was a cheap food to make for the immigrants. And so it's kind of a yeah, Irish-American heritage when I, thing. When I went to Ireland, I was looking forward to the, you know, getting the great, you know, cabbage and corned beef. And yeah. I mean, there, there's the fish and chips was right. very popular, but I don't remember seeing No, that. they don't. I mean, that's what's funny. Yeah. Sometimes people go to Ireland and they're like, we'd like corned beef and cabbage. And the Irish look at you like, why? I'm sure you would. <laughs> like, why I'm would sure anybody would. want such a thing? No, it's a very, it's a very immigrant Irish meal. That's, well, that's where we get I'll that be, for. 
I'll be back in Steubenville. Is Bennigan's doing something? Oh, I'm sure they are. Okay, well, that's that's where I'm going to be. Nice. Taddy Ho. <laughs> I don't know. What? what is that no. it? No. No? All right. Not at I all. I don't know. Slantra right, uh, uh, would be the Gaelic for the toast. Slantra. Okay. All right. Slantra. Slantra. Oh okay, you have another little promo, and it'll take us into our... I do, and we would really uh, love it if you live in the Cleveland area, even if you don't. This is worth a road trip. On Wednesday, March 30th, Father Dave and I... Uh, we'll be joining you at a Cleveland Cavaliers game. Yeah, baby. They're going to be playing yep. the Dallas Mavericks, uh, which have some uh, great players uh, that are on it. And it's going to be so much fun. So we are doing 5 o'clock. We're going to have mass, just our group, at the cathedral, the Cleveland Cathedral, which is just a few blocks away from the stadium. We're going to walk right over to the stadium. Uh, they've been very kind. They're setting up a happy hour area for us to all mingle and hang out with uh, on fun. the uh, second floor like looking into the the stadium and then we're just gonna keep watching the game uh, i think it's gonna be a great game Cavs have been doing amazingly well they're struggling a bit we lost jared allen one of our one of our key players but we're gonna make it to the playoffs this year and um and cav games are just so so fun so if you're interested in signing up for that or for more information you can go to alumni dot franciscan dot edu slash calves c-a-v-s alumni dot franciscan dot edu slash calves for more information uh, that's we can just show you how to get tickets you know even if you can just come if you're in the area and you can join us for the five o'clock mass that's great right you know you know do it Bobby, um, is that is that actually is the mass at the cathedral uh i i believe so i think it is i'm not sure I've, i know honestly i don't know if i've been to the uh, oh, it's beautiful! But it's a but also, it's beautiful. Again, it's it's an alumni event, but everybody's invited, and yep. I particularly say that because my brother and nephew are coming. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, anybody who listens no, they, to the podcast, just yeah. come and join us. Uh, the Cathedral of Saint John the Evangelist. Yeah, that is it. Okay, uh, we should and probably it's a be careful. It's a gorgeous church. We'll we'll probably sell out the stadium with with our crowd, but that's that's fine with all of our listeners. So, with all of our listeners, yeah. yeah. So make yeah, it a road yeah, trip, yeah. and and the nice thing is the the idea is uh, if you've ever been to Cavs Stadium, there's this area called Loudville, and it's just an open standing area, and that's where we're just going to be hanging out. So even you can buy a seat, but you might just be on your feet the whole time, and all of us will just be standing watching the game or sitting in the seats. Bring kids; it'll be a lot of fun. We, we'd love a lot. Of, we'd love to meet a lot of you there, and uh, yeah, that'd be great. And we hope to keep doing it. So um, good, good. We'll see. You so there. we'll see you there. Oh, cabs! Yeah, look at you getting in the okay. spirit. There you go. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, so as we were saying. All right, so we are continuing our reflections on virtues. So maybe just a little bit of a, a reminder that we're going to take a look at the cardinal virtues for the first four, and then the next three are the theological virtues. And the difference is the cardinal virtues that we can make a choice and a decision, an act of the will to work on something, and we can actually grow in that particular virtue. Uh, the theological virtues are infused. They're, they're, they're grace, and we pray and we make ourselves available to them. The first week was fortitude, and we started with that because we wanted to make sure we could make it through Lent. <laughs> uh, the second week was yours, Bobby, and you spoke, and I thought you'd actually, it was, I thought it was really beautiful. In fact, I stole some of it in, in a talk that I gave recently. Oh, is that why you were watching on, the video? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right, because it was the end. That's exactly right. And then the end of it, you totally made, made fun yes. of me. If you guys, if you don't watch the videos, uh, 
at the end of the last podcast, I, I just had a really busy day. So as soon as it was over, I was checking my schedule. And then Bob gave me a hard time. He said, would you at least wait till the camera's off to check? You're just schedule? sitting there so, like flipping through things like, OK, I'm out of here. Be that, be that as it be may. that as it may. Um, so this week is is justice. Yeah. And the, vir- the virtue of justice is, I mean, to the catechism is 1807 and it's really giving God his due. It says justice is the virtue that is concerned about giving God and your fellow neighbor what is rightly their due. And I found myself reflecting on this. Uh, there, there's two aspects of this ju- of justice and, and giving, <clears throat> excuse me, giving God his due. That part's easy, right? God has due everything. He's due our worship. <laughs> yeah. you know? So this part's easy. He's, he's due my worship and my adoration and my praise and my thanksgiving. I mean, God is 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 my savior. Uh, I would be. This is a theological term. I would be toast without mm. him, right? My, you know, it was interesting. We were. I was just watching the March Madness is starting, and and the announcer said, "It's it's so great to have March Madness because it really gives our life purpose." And I thought, <laughs> does it? Does it really? I mean, for I some, love, I, honestly, we haven't talked a lot about March. We'll Madness. save that for I the next episode. Well, yeah, I think it is really one of the funnest sporting events there is, yeah. but. I don't know that it gives my life purpose, right? But but God, I mean, it's not like Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, no, not close. Not at all like that. I mean, yeah. So, but I mean, I can't imagine my life without Christ and Mm. and Him. I mean, the reason I get up in the morning, pray, and yeah, just I want to be the person He wants me to be. So, giving God His due. Not not that I always do that perfectly, but I understand that and I strive for that. The one that's a little bit more difficult is giving my neighbor uh, their due. Mm. Because the, what, what, what's my neighbor their due is their due is that they're son and daughter of God. They're created in the image and likeness of God. And, and, and it's interesting. I, and when I was teaching, I had students. I said, write a list of things that you have in common with atheists. And, and it was some of them really struggled with that. And I said, well, Jesus gave his life for all people and Jesus loves all people. And we are all created in the image and likeness of God. And, and every human person, I mean, if we believe this and we talk a lot about it at pro-life events, but every person deserves respect and they are the imago dei. And, and justice says that we give that individual their due. The problem is, is that oftentimes that person is the person in our church that that drives us crazy or the person that took our parking spot or or the the couple or the person that's divorced and, and everybody's kind of talked about them because somebody had an affair and you know them and that's that's the person that it's more difficult to give their due right so yeah. the the virtue of justice says is that we recognize that every person is a son or daughter of god and, and we ought to be able to treat them like that yeah yeah amen i love in the new um I think this was the part of the new English translation that we started to say, it is right and just. That was a new one, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, Bob. I think so. Oh, in the, in the yeah. preface? Yeah, in the preface. I, I can't remember. But yeah, I can't remember. whether or not it's new or not, I, I, that's really been striking me lately. And just that kind of statement, it sounds like an odd one, like it is right and just. But I think many times we feel like our responsive faith or at least some people might feel their responsive faith is like a bonus you're like isn't it yeah. great that i'm worshiping god and and this idea of justice you know i think uh in uh the gospel of luke jesus tells the parable of the servant and he says you know which of you had a servant who was out in the field 
when he comes in, wouldn't say, now get me some food. And should he be grateful to that servant for doing what he was told? At the end, we should just say we're unprofitable servants. We've only done Mm -hmm. what we're required to do. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes that almost makes it seem like there's no love involved. I think that sometimes the, you know, justice can kind of seem like a cold thing. But no, or punishment. Yes. We often equate justice with punishment. Yeah. Right. But as opposed to doing what we ought to do, you know, what we right. were what we were made to do in, in that sense. And I think right. um, I think it was Pope Benedict at one point that said a lot of the issues is that uh, that we have in society is that people are usually very caught up with their rights, but not their duties. Mm-hmm. Like we all right. think their we have a list of inalienable rights you know, that we should have at all times. But then when it comes to the duties, like what are we supposed to do in order to, you know, have those rights? We don't like doing anything. We just want people to do things for us. But we get very caught up in, but I have a right to this. I have a right to that. And yet that idea of doing, and again, I think that ties in to our faith. Like we have a duty to... I'm starting to chuckle because I keep saying duty, and I'm sure there's children listening right. to the podcast right now who are also chuckling. I'm, I'm sure there wasn't until you mentioned <laughs> that, but it, be that as it may, it is, it is, it is, it is uh, just and right that we, but th- that's right, is that we have a do, that, that we have a do, a duty to um, honor them and worship. And, and I think, honestly, what we often do is we define that person or those people, whoever they are, you know, for... For Francis, it was the leper, right? Those people, those people, um, we define them by their weakness or by their fault or by their sinfulness or by their agenda or by their platform or by their party and all of that. And justice really demands that we move away from that, that that what defines an individual is that they are a son or daughter of God created in his image and likeness and deserve dignity and respect and honor. And, and, you know, I, I don't want to get on a soapbox, but... And, and we, you and I are in the middle of this, but we are all pro-life and we talk about that. And yet sometimes we can be so dismissive of individuals or people or groups of people. And and justice demands that we don't do that. I mean, when we pay attention to the scriptures, maybe two or three days ago, Jesus was talking about um, how, how we treat the poor and, and how we treat our enemy. And that was a radically different Christian understanding is that, take a look at the early church. One of the ways that the identify markers of the early church was they treated their enemy differently. Yeah. They, they treated them with kindness. And, and that's what marks us Christians, right? That's what marks us that we're supposed to be different is that we treat our enemies, the people we disagree with, the people we don't like, we treat them differently. And the, 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 the justice goes, and this is so hard, but God does it so well. But that we, we try to show no partiality. I mean, mm-hmm. that is so unbelievably difficult. But the scripture reminds us that, that the Lord looks on us. He doesn't favor one person over another, that there is no partiality in him, that he loves us. And, um, and that's, again, and this is to bear in mind because whenever I talk about this, people will come back and they'll, they'll say, yeah, but. And their yeah, but is about, you know, justice of people who have done something wrong. They should, you know, pay their due or right. you know, honestly at times get punished. Or justice, sometimes the most just thing is to say something that needs to be said in truth. I'm not, I'm not denying that. The question is, is, is what is your heart towards the individual and, and how do you love them? So justice demands that we not ignore, dismiss, uh, ostracize an entire group of people or a person um, because of our own agenda, our own burdens, our own fears, our own brokenness. So uh, concretely, practically, you know, who are those people? 
who are the people that we have a tendency to dismiss, to walk away from, to make fun of, to ignore, to think lesser of, uh, and, and maybe obviously one, pray for them this week, but maybe even take a step, write somebody a note that you disagree with, or make, make a visit to the Adoration Chapel for a population of people that you just really have a hard time with, and just pray that you have a greater ability to recognize their dignity, their beauty, and their goodness, and you honor that. So it's not always easy. No, no, it's definitely not easy. In fact, it's so hard, Jesus died on the cross for it. I mean, that, yeah. that moment of justice and mercy you know, I mean, there's a beautiful relationship between justice and mercy because it's only mercy if they did something wrong, right? If, it, if, there's, nothing, if you, there's nothing wrong done, there's no mercy. It's just, oh, you're fine. And I think sometimes the world has a tough time with that. Like God is just and God is merciful. And that's not a contradiction. You have to have justice no. in order to have mercy because you have to no, acknowledge what you're being merciful about and that's why it's called mercy right and his mercy is just yeah <laughs> yeah and that's you know that's something just to, to bear in mind and, and as you stated you know if you've done something wrong in the reality that's all of our stories i find that's with my kids stories. they have a it's really interesting in children but i think in all of us right like we're all wired for justice like when something is unjust it really it really eats at us. I mean, I think, again, the situation with the Ukraine, it's so unjust. You know, these people do not deserve what they are going mm. through. And, you know, we're wired to desire justice. And even though the cardinal virtues are certainly ones we can attain with our own effort, they need to be shaped by God. Um, you sure, know, the first sure, sin of sure. the garden was a desire of choosing for yourselves what is right and what is wrong. That was the imagery of mm -hmm. the knowledge of good and evil. It wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, they knew good and evil being made in the image and likeness of God, but now they want to eat that power. They want to receive that power. And so I think they it's also... something which is not there. Yeah, and, and so I think it's also important as we reflect on this virtue that we really do try to have the mind of God. Like, my justice is going to be skewed and selfish, um, and God's justice is going to show no partiality and is going to lead mm -hmm. to mercy and and that yeah, yeah. And, and and maybe just close that that bugs us because yeah. we want them to be punished right yeah. we want him to be merciful to us but i mean this is the 10th time they've done this i mean yeah. give me a break right so amen amen all right let's pray Heavenly father we just continue to thank you for the journey that is lent let us walk with your son jesus let us not go out in front or behind, but just to stay where he is. Jesus, we pray specifically in this week that we would give you your due, which is all glory, honor, worship, and adoration, and that we would give our brothers and our sisters and our neighbor their due, which is love and kindness, respect, and ultimately justice. Mm -hmm. Almighty God, pour his blessings upon all you who are listening, your families, particularly the family member who's suffering most today. May the Lord bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You, Thank you, Father Dave. And God bless all of you who are listening. Uh, just so grateful for you being a part of this podcast family. Send us an email at hope at franciscan.edu. Put your phone down, Father Dave. Hope at franciscan.edu. And join us uh, March 30th, Cleveland Cavaliers. It's going to be great. God bless.